Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have had faith in us since day one. So thank you, Folgers. We wouldn't do it without you, nor could we? Anyway, also big thank you to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, for his contribution of his time, his music, and his voice for the intro you just heard. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on all of your favorite music platforms. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artist behind the banners and logos here at the show. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Does great commission pieces, and he pretty much do anything you need him to do. So thank you, Steve McGinnis. Now tonight, very special uh, guest, really looking forward to this one, is Nicole Magic. And she had an encounter, um, which basically led her or sparked, let's say, a profound desire within her to assist people in reshaping their connections with themselves and helping them achieve their, their dreams and goals and very extraordinary occurrences. And we're, we're going to get into all of that. So interesting story, to say the least, and very bubbly. So not bubbly, my bubbly, but... <laughs> Nobody can be that bubbly. <laughs> yeah, nobody can be as bubbly as our bubbly. But, <laughs> but bubbly should, should definitely be in good company. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, somebody made me cry today. Oh, what? Oh, hi. Me, Adam. No, it's Hamilton. He sent hmm. me that book, The Bubbles of Canada. Oh, bought it today, <laughs> and I was crying like a baby. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Like, he's just very thoughtful. Deserve it. Oh, wow. I don't deserve it. Aww. I don't deserve it. But yeah, it was just so shocking. And it's funny because he sent me a picture of him wearing his new scarf that he asked for. Right. And he's wearing it. And he goes, look, it's really cold. And I'm still. Yeah, I think it's snowing out there. Or something crazy. Like, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. There is no one like Hamilton White. We just adore him so much. And he's so good to us. He spoils us. But yeah, yeah we love him. Yeah, he's Love wonderful. That. Wonderful. And again, get he's to what you call a good human. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they're hard to recognize because we don't have many around. No. <laughs> so he's one of those, yeah, very unique individuals who are just so <laughs> kind hearted and loves animals. Yes. And wow. uh, yeah, I just, wow. Very oh, shocked. Oh, oh. And oh. Wayne's card. <laughs> I look forward to the Christmas card from Wayne every uh -huh. year. I can't wait till he receives mine. 
<laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> the games began. My family was laughing. My daughter giggles like Betty Rubble, and it was coming from her gut, right? Like this, right. she's looking at She's creative. I'll give Even her that. John who doesn't laugh at anything was on the floor. I know. He's creative. Oh, oh that creative. was hilarious. Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> at least he does it in a way where you can see it. We've had we've had friends that he sent cards to. And with Dave and Victoria Benison, he puts in the big Death Star in the back up at the top of the moon and all kinds of like little flying, you know, um, they're, they're little, what do you call those, X-wing thingies. And, yeah. and they didn't even notice it. They're like, well, because <laughs> how do you not notice this thing? I don't miss anything on his I know. <laughs> um, I look for things because I know that he gets intricate and draws and does he things does. that are so he different. He does. He takes oh. a lot of time and personalizes everything. I think so, he's going to like mine this year. For the what? He's going to like my card this year. <laughs> oh, you guys. It's very oh, funny. he's going to love it. Very I did funny. it very Wayne-esque. <laughs> we are just waiting for our guests to come in. Uh, so just a reminder to everybody that you know, we do have seven chat rooms and we will do our very best to bring up comments or questions it may not be right away maybe you know once she's moving along we do try to stay um at her pace or at all of our guests pace so you know we we always try to get to them so chime in because your your questions and comments are very important to us and just like save them all until you know, Q and A on the twenty eighth. Yes, head group twenty eighth. It's going to be that's open. coming up fast. I know. I know. Oh my goodness! It's like almost eleven days from like, today. How'd that happen? You didn't see my post. I posted a candle that's got legs and an arm, and it's burning at both ends. It's lighting its butt on fire because oh, that's how I feel terrible. with eleven days to go. It's like every day just goes right by you. You know, and it's like, oh my god! Bubbles, my whole life is a blur. Okay. Yeah, I know your <laughs> life has been a blur. I know. We're just gonna leave it right there. So, <laughs> anyway, I don't even remember this year. It's. I don't want to remember was, this year. It was too traumatic, but yeah, too busy. It's been like that for the last five years. Not insane. Well, with that being said, while yeah. we're just being a whole big old bundle of fun, Let's get our the guest has arrived. <laughs> so there she is. Yes. Hello. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. Come how right are you? Into the buzzkill part of the Yeah, intro. sorry. <laughs> just reflecting at how quickly Christmas is coming. And it, we know it comes every year. <laughs> Stupid. But it's like all of a sudden you wake you up and you have a week. And it's like, what? I know. It's like, it's. August, like Michelle said, and then all of a sudden it's December. Christmas it's December. Time. Well, I'm it's done like Christmas shopping you in for October. Christmas in August. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually Christmas shopping. I'm done by before Halloween. I just oh, man. don't. You put up a Christmas decoration before Halloween. I am just no. My daughter it. does. My daughter yeah. puts up her own tree in her office, but me, no. It doesn't come up until way after Remembrance Day. So. Wow. Well, so when it, you have that big tree that John, John, my poor husband, puts the ornaments around 15 feet all the way around, you need to look at it for a little while. <laughs> you can't just have it up for a week. It's kind of depressing because it takes so long to put it together. Right. So, yeah, 
I'm, yeah. I'm good. But I love Christmas. <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. I, I'm hoping I see my niece's kids this year because it's all about the babies for yeah. Christmas. It's all yeah, about the babies, babies for me. To the family any day. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting. That is so exciting. I love babies. Oh, yes. my gosh. You have baby withdrawals. Smells so good. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm with the show. <laughs> baby Love talking. babies. Yeah. Oh, Nicole, how are you? Thank you for joining I'm us. I'm doing well, thanks. I've been like making cookies forever. <laughs> there you go. See another mom prepping for Christmas. I haven't baked yet. Ooh. Wayne's been baking. I don't bake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have you been freezing them, my Nicole? body, and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> Have you I been just started or making them, them yesterday and today, so uh, I have one more day of making them, and then they will get parsed out, frozen until they're handed off. Those are the best ones, the ones you can freeze. You're yep. a good person. <laughs> I wish I lived closer. I'd do an exchange with you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Tamara baked cookies. They're all gone. That's kind of like my house. <laughs> anyway. Choose not to bake. <laughs> oh, I have a friend that comes over when I'm doing tarts, like little lemon tassies, and she'll eat them as I'm filling them. I'm like, excuse me. Mm. Oh, your mic's off. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I had a little background noise, so I was that's just okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> hey, at least we're not having tech issues because. We have a very big network and with everybody on it and all the servers and people were just having a hard time even starting their shows over the last couple of days. So I'm like, we had Mercury retrograde or is just like CMEs bombing us. There's got to be something because I don't think we have this kind of trouble usually. They said um, there's been a lot of solar flares, but, you know, sometimes I'll joke or maybe I'm not so joking with the AI takeover. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's a whole other show, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So wait, let me go put us on private mode on YouTube. That's so, scary. So, so I'm really thrilled that you were here. And uh, my friend Michelle, of course, you know, highly recommended you. So I'm like, we're going to do this. So what, what I'd like to start with you is what was your life like before your NDE? And then you can bring us up to speed. All right. NDE. How about that? Yeah, sure. That's Sage that's is yours. Fun. That's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> my life before my NDE. Yes. Well, way before my NDE, when I was young, I was very intuitive and I could see auras, spirits, and energy and all of that stuff. But I also lived in a very religious household. So my gifts were looked at a little differently than everybody else's gifts, mm -hmm. I guess right. you could say. And um, if we fast forward up to a little bit before the NDE, I was, I had just had my third son, my cat Tony's coming in. He's we like okay. the critters. It's okay. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't worry. We both have dogs. Yeah. I was, uh, I had, postpartum depression that I didn't know I had. Mm. So that's, this is a real thing that you don't think that you would not notice it, but when you're in it and it, you just kind of slide down that slope, yeah, you don't realize awful. it at all. Mm. And no one else around me realized it either. Wow. So really it was sliding into more and more and more of a depression state where I was fantasizing about death every moment of every day, pretty much. Wow. I would look at 
how many ways I could die or take myself out. That's pretty hardcore. You're like that's pretty Post deep down. Postpartum depression is very serious, and it's <laughs> taken way too lightly. Cat yeah. takes over yeah. completely. Get out of my way. Give me the mic. He's like <laughs> trying to like take over the mic. It's like, dude, get out of here. It's, like Cat's <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. That's still ruling the world. So yeah, yeah, that's that's really hardcore. That's that's pretty deep into um, a, a, a depression. Yeah. So by then I had three kids, uh, three boys at that point. And uh, so I'd fantasize about whatever death I was fantasizing at that moment. And then I would, I had trained myself to immediately go into, well, these three kids need you. So you mm -hmm. can't do anything. These right. three kids need you. So my mantra became just hold on a little longer. And that's all mm -hmm. I would say, do the fantasy just hold on a little longer, just a little longer, just a little longer. And that's what right. got me through every day for probably about a year. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. My niece had that. That's scary. Yeah. No kidding. So I was such the opposite. I would break into tears at the mere thought of, of passing before my children. My children are all grown adults. I'm like, don't let me go. <laughs> Still, I can't do it. So I feel for anybody like, i feel for you going through this i can't even imagine that yeah it just seemed like everything was wrong in my life hmm. yeah. and then i was just working really hard to live a life that wasn't e even enjoyable hmm. that's what it right. felt like so you existing you weren't really a participant in your your own life yeah that's i felt hard. like i was barely existing and and my bare existence was for making everybody else's life easier right mm -hmm. yeah that, that's being a mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> still yes. yeah not really even kids it was just like everybody else yeah wanted something right yes yes and it was just very wearing taxing right. you, you feel like you're there for everyone but who's here for me kind of yeah. thing it's, it and was a very lonely place. It, it is a lonely place. As you think about it, if you weren't around, who would be taking care of your babies like you do? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's a fear. Mm. Yeah. But I'm glad you pulled through it. Me too. Yeah. Because now you're here with us. Yeah. <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> no. Hi, lucky you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm comedy lucky relief. I'm comedy relief. I'll be the first one to put myself down. Don't worry. <laughs> so take us from that point then. Just move, move us along, uh, you know, and take us into your NDE. Sure. It was uh, March 3rd of 2006. Mm -hmm. And that was two days before my second son's fourth birthday. And I worked in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I was a chemist and I usually went in early and got out early so I could beat the rush hour traffic because I lived an hour away. Wow. And that was part of my setup for accepting that job anyway. And this particular day, I got out of work an hour late. So I was hitting full on rush hour traffic. Mm -hmm. And I remembered traveling down the Massachusetts Turnpike and we were going maybe about 30 miles an hour. I, mm. That was the high speed lane. Oh, and it I know felt, that story. Yeah. You know, 
You know that feeling when there's just something in the air and it feels that like static electricity, almost like before a storm, if you're sensitive to storms or just something that feels a little off or weird or surreal. And that's yeah. that's how this moment felt was just driving along and it was a bummer because the, all the traffic. The plus side of things was Tool Stink Fist was playing on the radio. So I just cranked that up and said, <laughs> well, at least I have, you know, a good amount of minutes to enjoy this. <laughs> and then there was this car that was down in the ditch and it was smoking. And there was another car or two that was stopped trying to maybe help, but just staring at everything. And everybody else was staring at this car. Normal. And I always, yeah, I always know that you don't stare for too long. So you don't even have time to stare because another accident can happen mm. when you're looking at something else in an instant because the way that people drive these days. You're distracted. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it just takes one person to tap their brakes and then forget it. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking straight forward. And then I felt like my face, my head was turned over to my left side and everything went in slow motion at that point. And it was like, and then it seemed like frame by frame, although everything in my head was on warp drive. So I was collecting all kinds of data and everything was happening in slow motion. And I saw this car on the other side of the Jersey barrier with this woman. She was swaying from impact. I noticed that she had her car door smashed in. Ooh. And as she's swaying from the impact, it, her hair, her beautiful black curly hair was covering her face. And I could see the highlights of the reflection of the light. Hmm. coming off of her hair and just little tiny minute details that you would never notice mm -hmm. <laughs> driving in opposite directions and yeah. all this stuff. And I had these whole conversations in my head, like, Oh my gosh, why is her door smashed in? And her look at the, her beautiful hair and look, look at these highlights and Oh, that's a nice caramel color. And I, I wish I could see her face and, what happened to this other car? Where's this other car that smashed her and what mm. is going on? And then my face was directed through my windshield to look through there. And I saw this other car, the guy that hit her went up over the Jersey barrier and was about to mm. land in my lap, right where my steering wheel was. That was a crazy moment because I'm looking at him and his face is all contorted because he is screaming and thinking and, and reliving that and looking back at the replay in my head, he knew he was going to die. Mm. And he was just terrified. And our eyes met for this split second. And I saw what was happening and what was going to happen to me. That he was going to land on my car. His car was going to roll over on top of my car. That was going to squish the roof of my car down on my head, snap my neck, and I'm dead. And I, that played out. And 
when I saw that vision, I screamed and ducked down as low as I could go because mm-hmm. a reaction, it was just a reaction. Yeah, you knew it was coming at you. Yeah. And that was, I, I say, I screamed like a, a little schoolgirl, you know, like For sure. and just For sure. <laughs> ducking down as far as I could go. And I just remember at that point, it was like, my consciousness lifted out and I was separated from my body. And I went into this realm where I met with my immediate family, the people that were closest to me. So basically my kids, my husband at the time, um, my parents. And I, it was like, I sat down and had an entire conversation with them, how much I love them, how much I'll miss them all of the things that everything's going to be okay. And after the last person, I just had this sensation of, okay, I'm ready. And that's when this extreme peace and love and divine presence was just wrapping, enveloping me up and everything went black. Mm. And at that moment, you know, it's kind of like a lot of people say that this light, um, yeah. everything just kind of went black. And That's then, I would, yeah, then it felt like right through the tunnel, rapid rate, right through this tunnel of whatever. And I, I likened it to, you know, when you pull back that pinball machine, I might be dating myself. Yeah. Um, pull back that no, pinball machine and then it just shoots that ball. And that's, that was me just shooting through this, this tube. And then all of a sudden I came to, and when I came to, it was, I was gasping for air because it was that moment right before you would die if you were held underwater and then somebody would pull you up and say, you know, say breathe. And I just went. It happened to me. So I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, you for know sure. exactly. And it was this, yeah. this, this, just this gasp. And I'm, you know, white knuckling my, my steering wheel. And it was a jolt of, okay, you're conscious again in this body. And I, I just came to after that gasp and said, oh, my God, I almost just died. And I was saying it out loud. And I look in front of me and there's no cars in front of me. And now I'm getting confused. And, and But I'm still like letting out the stuff that was in my head. Oh, my God, I almost just died as I'm looking in my rearview mirror, seeing nobody behind me. And then I looked across on the other side of the highway, again, re- reminding you, this is rush hour traffic on a Massachusetts turnpike. And... I, I see nobody on the other side. And I said, Oh my God, am I dead? And then I see this one lone car, like puttering up the, the other side of the highway. And I go, Oh God, am I dead? And if I'm dead, then which side of that highway am I actually on? And I was like, maybe I should turn on the radio and if ACDC <laughs> is playing. on. I'm having a little <laughs> so, Nikki moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't hear anything either. No, I wasn't hearing anything. Like there was nothing. I did recognize where I was mm-hmm. uh, because there, I was uh, under, like going under a bridge that uh, 
that was in, in a certain town, which gave me a marker because when I went back and I, I looked at where I ended up because I wasn't in the same spot that this happened at. Mm. Yeah. And I was over two and a half miles away. Wow. And That's I was just like, love Massachusetts. I frequent it. <laughs> so what the hell? Yeah. And, you know, what does one do when one doesn't know what to do? Right. They call mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I had called my mom at that point. And all the moms will love this. You know, you, go, you just call mom. But my mom, because my whole family is very intuitive. And I, my mom answered the phone and she just went off. Oh, my God, Nikki, are you okay? I was just praying for you. Are you okay? Because I usually pray for you in the morning because that's when I do all my prayers. And she's just like, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, mom, mom, mom. And I'm like, mom, can you just shut up for a minute? Am I dead? And she's like, what? No, you're not dead. You're talking to me on the phone. What are you talking about? And I told her what happened. And she said, you wrote angel wings. Oh, my God. And I well, was just, I wrote <laughs> yeah. something. I said, it, it, it seemed more like a wormhole than angel wings. But whatever it was, I wrote through something. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's very, that's a real curiosity, though, like to kind of get tossed back in your body, like, here you go, make it work. And I, I think I'd be trying to figure out, like, okay, first off, did my body still work? <laughs> Like, right. you know, like, was your car smashed or were you okay? Like, it just missed you? Or, I mean, if you had it in full working order. So, they did they pull you before the impact or did they pull you and you got missed and went, oops, and threw you back in? I hope nobody would notice. Like, um, how was the whole, how did the whole thing unfold? Like, yeah. how were you after? Yeah. So, there was a lot of things that happened afterwards, but. I'll, I'll skip all that stuff for now and answer your question yeah, because <laughs> there were a lot of things that were unanswered. So I went through different phases of wondering all that, like what happened? I could yeah. not wrap my head around it. Right. The, the 3D mind just yeah. goes a little bonkers trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, just the two and a half miles away and no cars on the highway during oh, yeah. hour traffic was crazy because let's say I was projected forward and yeah, maybe there would be no cars behind me because the cars would be blocked off, but there should be cars in front with all the other exits mm -hmm. that are coming onto the highway. Yeah. There couldn't be anything disrupting the other side either. <laughs> so it was just so bizarre. Felt like you were in another dimension. Yeah, that's what I was just going to mention is uh, fast forwarding to after putting some pieces together, having some synchronicities that, you know, filled in some gaps. I realized that I died in that other dimension and I was projected. The consciousness was projected into another dimension that had another me in it. And I was to utilize the information that I had and the experience that I had and all the downloads that they gave me, whoever they are, mm -hmm. um, into this life to proceed forward. Mm -hmm. Because as a scientist, 
right? Scientific fact is energy is neither created nor destroyed. So it's got to be transferred, transmuted, transformed, mm -hmm. whatever the case. So what ended up happening? I died in that other realm, in the other dimension. I asked for it. I wanted it. I wanted out. So I was, you did. I manifested that. You did. And, yes. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. it was, but you're also not finished yet. And you have valuable information here. And maybe, you know, there was this, had to experience this to put some things together that make a lot of sense with a lot of the work that I do now too. Well, I think maybe perhaps to make you more appreciative of light, to cherish it a little bit more, to show you how fragile it actually is. Yes, because that, Michelle, um, thank you for saying that, is after that moment, I had such a fervor and love for life, that whole depression, it was wiped clear. That's good. That oh, love God. vibration is super healing. And mm -hmm. that's really like bringing people into that love vibration. That's part of an experience that I help people get into because of the healing properties of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes miraculous healing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. That feeling mm -hmm. people when they have NDEs and they experience that light of love all say the same thing. It's like nothing else mattered. And they come back with such a, like a different. Just talking from experience. Yeah. 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 Had a few, yeah. but yeah. like from a different perspective, you mm. know, but yeah, Absolutely. mine were never, mine were all medical, which is bizarre. They were all because of doctors uh, mm. negligence, but anyways, oh, um, yeah, but we're here for you. <laughs> so tell us what happened when you finally came through and you realized um, what just missed you? Yeah. When, when I just kind of spent the rest of that ride home in this awe and just feeling so different and trying to wrap my head around it that I think I was in more of a trance-like state all the way home. Mm -hmm. But when I got home, my second son usually was the one who greeted me at the door or shortly after I came in and he greeted me at the door and I just grabbed that kid two days before his fourth birthday, picked him up. And I'm like, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. And I, you know, I had to make sure I wasn't squeezing him to death, like a poet constrictor. <laughs> but yeah. um, it was, it was really awesome. And it was weird at the same time because, mm -hmm. because I felt so different mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and then weird things started happening in the sense of like real cool, weird, but the visions were so amplified. The healing abilities and facilitation were so amplified mm -hmm. and I was freaking myself out with stuff things that I didn't know before that I, I saw visions of or knew or heard in, in my head and then realized that this is actually a thing. Thank God for the internet because it confirmed a lot of things after I'm like, what is that? And why am I seeing it? And that's, and then I'd look something up and also thank God for, and the goddess maybe for, you know, yeah. correct because, you know, trying to, you know, 
sound some things out, autocorrect is like, oh, that's the word. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that is totally it. So I just, I knew a lot of things. I could see a lot of things. I predicted so many things and it was just wild. In the mm -hmm. meantime, there were these other very confusing and conflicting things because of the trying to wrap the head around something that's interdimensional where my kids would ask me, Hey mom, do you remember this? And they'll spout out some memory and I don't remember it like that. Oh, at all. Right. Why do you think that happened? Well, you I think that you're in a happier place. Maybe. I think it's because when you jump into one from one dimension to another, there's different scenarios that play out in, in the different dimensions. Most things are very similar, but not everything's going to be exactly the same. And that's yeah. why it's a different dimension because it's playing out a different reality. Right. Right. It's creating right. a new reality different from that. But I don't think that we can hop from one dimension to another that's going to be so drastic. Like if I came into a dimension and I lived somewhere like in Alaska with a completely different family or, or whatever, yeah. that's not, that would make me go crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it, it keeps it similar. similar, just a different, a different outplay basically. Yes. So right. it, it was like, there were even things in the house that I remembered in a different place, a slightly different place or a different mm. room or things that were there or weren't there mm. that were vice versa in the other place. And that's interesting. And then that it was like, that. that was never there or we never had one of those or, right. you know, it was always in that spot. And I'm thinking, no, it wasn't. It makes you wonder <laughs> how many people jump and, and, and maybe this happens to you and, they spend their life just thinking, I have a bad memory. I can't remember that. Did we have that? Was that over there? Could be the trauma. Did somebody though. move it? No, but seriously, yeah. like how many people, you know, like, I mean, we've, I've done it, but yeah, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty attentive to detail. So, but that's, that's a curiosity for sure. Do you find like, were you ever, once you became aware that you jumped, um, did you ever try to go back? Once I became aware that I jumped, do I ever yeah. try to go back? Um, I go back in the sense of this, which is the, I'm glad you asked this question because this is something that a friend of mine had asked, you know, how, how do you explain that I can still, you know, feel my parents' presence, right? Right. Who passed away. And I'm like, and immediately I was like, oh, that's easy because <laughs> if yeah. you, if, if you transfer your consciousness into another dimension, here's what happens. I'm, I'm like, that's so easy because I know I, or, you know, I know that there's this energy and transference and this reality. And I know that I jumped from one dimension to another. So I can think about my kids and, and send them love and affection and messages, whatever I want. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm always with you and I love you and I'm okay. Everything is good. And, and you're doing such a great job or whatever I want to say. So you're and not bound, but you're bound by space, but not so much time. 
Right. Because if time doesn't exist, I'm still talking to any stage and age of those kids that don't have a mom. Mm -hmm. So they're receiving messages from me just by me thinking that. So they're thinking they're getting message from their deceased mother. Yes. Because interesting. It's like they kind of are. <laughs> yeah. Dimensional bleed through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they're also here and I'm living with them here in this reality and, and what they've created here on their own as well. Because three of okay. them are now adults. Okay. So, so let me, let me ask you this. Let me pose this to you. So your kids lose a mom and the other dimension you pop into this dimension what happened to the mom in this dimension that you just stepped into her life i was going you we are thinking huh? the same thing right i'm like well I'm what happens it. to your physicality here yeah. yeah yeah that's a great question too and my belief is that the consciousness merged because i have hmm. memories of this dimension and that dimension so which ones which ones are my memories Right. All of them, right? And which one so, are hers? And whatever ones that are are pertaining to what I'm doing here, I think are the ones that went out because there are some things that I'm like, do I remember that like this? Or it's, it seems fuzzy because mm -hmm. I think that's this that's the instances where there may be two memories that are colliding. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Yeah, very, very possible. It's, well, it's like they say, it's funny because here they'll say, well, you don't want to see a doppelganger. You can't cross. You can't, you have this butterfly effect. You have to be yeah. very, very careful. So, you know, which is why they'll say, you know, when you, when you jump, there are people who jump who can never get back. They, they do it and they're sleeping. They have no bloody clue what's happened. Yeah. It wasn't something traumatic that popped them out of that dimension. It was just waking up the next morning in a different pair of pajamas in what looks like your space, but nobody you know is there anymore. There's a woman who actually right now has a reward out for anybody that can help her get back because her fiance, his family of seven years, nobody exists in her time. And she's like, I need to get back. I don't even know how I got here. I woke up and, and, so how many people is this happening to? I, I mean, oh, we know people. I know people who have walked around a house. They hear voices. It's just like, they're someplace different. And they know enough to walk back around in the, in the counterclockwise and come back into their space. And they have their family going, where have you been? We've been looking at you, looking for you for two hours. It's like kids like, 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the hell I was. <laughs> so That's crazy. I know. So, you know, That's a tough one. This is then you go into the this... whole thing of time traveling and all this other stuff too. You don't know what's what. But when you say, you know, you're merging that that's very interesting to me because of the whole butterfly effect, the whole stepping into somebody else's space, becoming one, you know, and altering life because you're, you still have a belief system you came in with. You have a whole set of memories and belief system that you came in with that may differ from the individual that you've stepped in with. And I also think that in saying that and 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 hearing you say that the the different belief system i think that with that transfer whatever downloads happened and whatever needed to be rearranged right because right. i was super depressed too why would why would anybody like put you in a place if you're super depressed into this. So that was healed. So I right. think that whatever needed to be erased was erased. Whatever needed to be healed was healed. Whatever mm -hmm. needed to be downloaded was downloaded into right. these little packets and, and whatever needed to be upgraded was upgraded. Yeah. So I think that's what happened. And then it was like, okay, here, it's like inserting a, a piece of programming into mm -hmm. a, and intelligence really it's like your programming got got tweaked to be able to yeah to, be, to begin again just like we upgrade our computers here's like a little upgrade packet here's a piece of information that we're we're merging into what you already have right right yes that yeah it just <laughs> kind of leads leads you around a little bit but here's an interesting comment amelia if you can get this absolutely Hi, Tamira. Tamira asks, how many people have had Mandela effect? That's dimensional bleed through. It's a very good question. Right. Yeah, <laughs> good one, Tamara. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mandela effect, you know, you, you, you think that Berenstein bears, for example, but you know that you get those little, little blips that it is just perhaps yeah. dimensional bleed through. It's frustrating for yeah. me. I always thought the monopoly guy had the monocle. Mm-hmm. He did. Right. <laughs> I know. What do you mean he doesn't oh. have it? I'm gonna check all those damn game boards because we oh, collect them. I'm gonna check them. That's really upsetting. Being yeah. a Gen Xer, like I go look back and everything's changed. I'm like, wait a second. This yeah. is no, he doesn't have it. How do all of us remember so, it a certain way though? So who's shifting? Right, but are our we, whole generation. Are you shifting as a whole, or are you? Because we do this planet, this universe. We do go through major shifts. Mm -hmm. But did our whole generation shift? All Gen Xers see things the same way. The Monopoly monocle. The I don't know what generation. You you're younger. They, Alex you know what I mean. Care. Okay, Alex. <laughs> go into a dimensional bleed through, and you'll have it again. I think you look great without hair, my friend. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, there. Anyways, he's a friend of both of ours. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Talk to him that way. But yeah, I wonder because the whole Gen X generation will tell you all the stuff that's changed. Like, well, we can list it for you, and it's insanity. But the whole bleed through thing to me is fascinating. Thinking that we're getting messages from loved ones, ghosts, spirits, things of that nature, and meanwhile. Like you say, you are 
sending out those messages to your loved ones, to your children. Yeah. And they're, you know, gifted little beings are going, oh, yeah, we hear mom. So, yeah, that's, so I actually consciously do that periodically yes. just because. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I know. And yet you have this whole other life. Yeah. Do you long to go back? No. That's, that's a really good question. Yeah. No. It, yeah. You were in such a desolate place. It must have been tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I've had a couple of other near-death experiences since that time. Oh, okay. so elaborate. Okay. <laughs> no, no, feel free. Sage is yours. So <laughs> yeah, we can talk about some of that stuff. Some of that stuff is it's fun because it's like I feel like once you have a near-death experience, it's so much easier to have them, whatever, whatever that case is. And the other two of mine, Amelia, I was kind of chuckling when you were talking about like this the health related or medical related. Both of mine were during surgeries. Those other Isn't that two. Crazy? Oh. Yeah. Um, so one of them, and I see Michelle's got the little alien in the back over there. So you love this one. Is this <laughs> well, one's we'll get to that sweet. question. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> this one's short and sweet. Where um, I actually, I had fourth child, a girl. I knew with the third child. So after, after my NDE, um, I knew I was going to have another child and it was going to be a girl. So I had three boys and I heard one day you'll have one more. Cause I was talking about, you know, getting my tubes tied and all that stuff. And I heard, no, you're, you'll have one more and it'll be a girl. And then fast forward a few years, I actually decided, well, I'm going to go and get my tubes tied. And I hadn't had this other kid. And then I couldn't because I was pregnant <laughs> and uh, Darn I, universe. <laughs> Darn yeah. universe. And then I was like, okay, it's going to be a girl. So um, it was a very interesting pregnancy and I got her name from three dreams. I saw her name and in three dreams, the first name and the first one and the first and middle name and the second and third one. Um, but after I had her, and I was able to get the tubal ligation. I went in and they had said that I was the only tubal ligation that day. So I was mm. prepped and brought in. Everything was going super fast. And, you know, it was going to be in and out. And then I was wheeled into the surgery room. And they started giving me the medication, the anesthesia. And I saw my my mantis being so there's been a few times that i saw the um it was like this white gold mantis being and he was always related to medical mm -hmm. so i always kind of called him the doctor yeah. and <laughs> and i saw him and i said what are you doing here obviously telepathically <laughs> and he just they're very interesting and they don't say much and they don't divulge much and it's kind of like a, a on an as needed basis right as need as yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like i'm a scientist so it's all the chemists and scientists out there will will know what i'm talking about when i say if you're talking to the fda 
it's it's that kind of talk. Right. <laughs> oh, I've had to deal with them before, but food related. You answer the question. It's like border patrol. You don't give them anything more than they ask for. No more. No. So when I said, "What are you doing here?" He said, "I'm here to protect you." And I said, "Protect me from what?" And then I was out. Yeah. <laughs> Three seconds. You'll see. And then, yeah. and I don't remember anything happening at that point. And then when I came to, I was lying on the gurney and I, I was like paralyzed. So I, I didn't have any movement. I couldn't feel anything. I could, I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't say anything. And all I could do was hear. So it looked like I was still out, but I could hear everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. And there was a presence behind me on my left. So there was a nurse that was standing over there. And another nurse was walking towards us from my right. And she obviously was looking at the, the, the nurse that was standing right behind me on my left. And she said, what the heck happened in there? And the other nurse goes, oh, my God, it was, um, she said, difficult ligation. There was blood everywhere. And she and I was like, now I'm in my head saying, are they talking about me or are they talking about somebody else? And then I remember it being told I was the only ligation that morning, tubal ligation. And then I was like, they're talking about me. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, go on. Tell me more. <laughs> what is happening? Right. And then right. that is the exact moment that all senses came rushing to. I opened my eyes. I started coughing because of that scratchiness of the tube that they pull out of you. Mm-hmm. And then my I had this sensation down my whole entire left side. And it was so painful that I just went, ah, and I grabbed at my leg because it hurt so bad. And so that nurse that was on my left came up attentively and said, are you okay? You're in pain. And I'm like, yeah, why does my, why does my leg hurt so bad? And she said, oh, it was probably the position that the doctor had you in. And she probably wasn't ready for me to have much wits to me. But I said, what do you mean position? It's a tubal ligation, it's laparoscopic surgery. I shouldn't have been in any position but lying down. (laughs) And then she said, oh, you're in pain. And she just pumped me with some morphine. And I was like, now I'm out of it. (laughs) Now I'm high. (laughs) Thanks. I was like, don't ask questions. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I never never got that answered, what actually happened. They don't always take you so seriously when you're waking up from surgery either. They don't know if you do really have your wits or if you're just spewing stuff. Yeah, Mm, that's scary, though. It's scary to be in a hospital and rely on strangers to make sure that you come out alive. (laughs) Right. Mm. Yeah. There's a reason you sign all that paperwork. Yep, definitely. Mm. And um, the last one that I had was in June of this year. And that one was wild because there were about seven people involved in a shared NDE. Wow. Okay. Those so, are fascinating. You're yeah. all under at the same time? Well, it was 
So I'm going to say, well, I'll just tell the story. Of course. Okay, please do. Understand. Yeah, yeah um, of course. If that's okay. Yeah, of we have course. time. No, it's, it's your show. Go. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> so just your last We'll ask the audience out there. Do you want to hear me? <laughs> oh, they're loving you right now. They're hanging in. Lots, yeah. of, lots of love lots there. Of, yeah. Uh, this is wild because there's so much stuff, like all that aftermath. There's so much that keeps unfolding and happening. And um, I don't know. I might light up a little bit more because it's just, it's so curious. All right. Let me take you back. I ended up having uh, a gallbladder gallbladder removal surgery scheduled because I had a gallbladder attack. And then it was like, okay, did the MRI and, and the ultrasound and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, this thing needs to come out. <laughs> so they scheduled me. And there's so many specificities along the way, like after the fact. But when, when we look at, I was scheduled for... June 22nd. Mm. And so I went in and they said, Oh, you'll be in and out of here pretty quickly. It'll be like three hours between, you know, once you you're prepped and your release. Mm -hmm. So I went in about 7am and um, I'll back up just a little bit because I, I went in and I, I had, previously for seven to 10 days before this surgery known that I was going to have the decision to make whether to come back or not. Mm. And I couldn't tell anyone and I couldn't act any differently Hmm. because if I did, if I told anyone I would be co-creating with whomever's fears of me not coming back. Oh. Of which I would have to battle to come back if I wanted to come back. Because so I didn't tell anyone knowing that I know how people work. This is the work that I do. I know how people ruminate over their fears and I know how powerful subconscious is. So if I told one person that thought, oh my God, she's not going to come back. Now we're dueling for creating. <laughs> right? Right. right. So I would hand over the power of full full on creating my reality with somebody else and co-creating that reality with them. Even to the point where when I left, I thought, Oh, maybe I'll just, you know, hug my daughter just a little bit harder. And I was like, no, you're just going to go in there and you're going to do the the usual hug, which is like a nice, good hug, but I'm not going to hold on like something, something's yeah. happening. So it was kind of like a, hey, love you, bye, I'll see you in a few hours kind of thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. mom's going to be a little out of it. And when I left, went to the hospital, got all prepped up. And I was sitting there, I could feel that weird sensation again, that surreal energy, like mm-hmm. static energy or, or whatever you want to call it. And it was just that surreal energy. And uh, my aunt was with me and I could feel her and she had done some things that she doesn't usually do or said some things that she doesn't usually say. And I knew that she was thinking, what if she doesn't come back? Mm. When I got wheeled into the surgery room, 
I noticed that the clock was changing from 9.42 to 9.43 a.m. So I was like, okay, I'll be out of here, you know, one o'clock, something like that. I'll be mm. go home. I'll be nice and calm. So they wheeled me over, and I'm sitting there, and they said, oh, we need to adjust the robot arms on the other, on the surgery table, so hang out here for a couple minutes while we do that. So they're doing that, and I immediately went into this trance state. And I, that was apparently the point where I made my decision because I telepathically communicated or sent to my friend, um, remember these words, you have to come back. I have to come back, right? Remember these words. I have to come back. I have a lot of work left to do here. I have to come back. Hmm. And that was that. And like, and then I was like, okay, there we go. And they're, now they're moving me over and they're prepping me to knock me out. When they knocked me out, it was very different from the other thing where I was out and then don't remember anything happening and just woke up. I remember coming out of my body and going immediately into like another space. And it was like, dominoes. I, I visited so many people, all the people that somehow were thinking, I wonder if she's going to come back. Mm. And they never said anything to me. And I never said anything to them before my surgery. But they, these were people that were very close to me. Six people that were close to me that I was like, no, everything's going to be okay kind of thing. And it, there was just like a visit, 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 visit. And that's all I remember with that. Right. Um, so it wasn't like with my kids and sitting down having this whole full on conversation, it was rapid. And then, um, and including the person that I had contacted to that said, you know, you need to get back there. So that person, I'm going to, I'm going to Quentin Tarantino this a little bit. So, All right, do it. <laughs> so with this, staying with that piece of the story. Yes. That friend had contacted me when I got home. And when I talked to her, I was still out of it. And she had said, I don't know what you were doing at exactly 10.08. But this is what happened to me. She said, I was driving I felt your presence in my car. I looked over at my passenger seat and said, hello, Nicole, what are you doing here? And I had this feeling that you were trying to decide if you were going to stay out there or if you were going to come back. So I said, mm. you get back there. You have so much work left to do. You better get your ass back there. That's your message. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. I was like, I was so out of it. I said, I can't talk to you right now. We have to talk about this tomorrow. I can't yeah. believe you're saying the same exact words that I said <laughs> to you. And she's like, what? I go, it's not going to make any sense. And I can't move my mouth enough to like tell you the whole story. And I'm so out of it. I can't even keep my, keep a train of thought. <laughs> so, so we kind of like did a little talk and then let that go. So now I'll pop back over to that happened with her. And then I was also in this 
big, huge light burst of energy. And there were all these downloads, downloads, downloads that were coming. And it was, when I tell the story, it's kind of like if I hold a picture book and I flash like through them and you can pick out pieces of the pictures, you could blurry this stuff, but it's all in there. And whatever you've picked out, you can hold on to if you saw a red building or, you know, a piece of gold or a cat or a dog or whatever in those picture books, you have a piece of it, but you don't have the full picture. And that's what the downloads were. Like I had certain things that one of the downloads pieces that I pulled out was um, November to February. Mm. And I, I was like, I don't know what that means. And it didn't matter. I just knew that there was going to be an intense time. There was a lot of stuff. It was going to be very meaningful. There was a lot of shifting, all that stuff. But to what extent? I don't know until November hit. And I was like, oh, this is what November to February looks like. I get it. Okay. And not just for me, but also for the collective. So there was like a twofold piece. And then all this download stuff. And there was this point where I was like, I came back for you. I came back for you. And me saying that to someone because I was connected with a soul from a past life. Mm. And this was a very specific energy that I felt because all through my life, I feel like, where is this person? Where is this person? Where is this energy? And no one I've met has been that person or had that energy. And that even like certain flavors of it would show up. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, is this the person? And then it would quickly show me, no, not at all. And so with that. Are you still waiting for that person? No, because I'm getting to that point. (laughs) I have to ask. I couldn't wait. But you can fill us in. (laughs) Your dad, Michelle. (laughs) I got to help him. I'm a big there, kid. I was an over moment, Michelle. But that whole thing, if I came back for you, I came back for you. I have a past life memory that is very, very specific. And um, what ended up happening was I was trying to get back into my body. Mm-hmm. And I came in and I'd wake, like open my eyes and I'd see the nurse in front of me. And the nurse was saying, Nicole, I need you to take a deep breath for me right now. And then I was, I would go, okay. And and I do this super shallow, barely breathing in thing. And then once I had that little tiny piece of puff of a breath in, it was, oh yeah, I wasn't breathing. And then I let it out and then I'd go back out again. And I'd come back and I'd open my eyes and the nurse is saying, Nicole, I need you to take a deep breath for me right now. And then I'd take the little puff of breath in, say the same thing. And this happened seven times. Wow. And I was like, on the last couple of times, I was really trying like consciously because I saw this concern on, on the nurse's face and and like there was just a lot of stuff that was going on 
And I just kept going way out and coming back in and going way back out and coming back mm -hmm. in. Now, I got out of there way later than what I should have. It was mm -hmm. like somewhere like between 3 and 3.30 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember the nurse saying, you've been here way longer than anyone else who has gotten this done. And I was like, I'm weird. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> right. To help it. And then, <laughs> yeah. What I'll, now I'll fast forward again that I was, um, there were some life shifts that happened immediately following the surgery. And then I had a few weeks later, I had a friend that had contacted me and was, you know, trying to hook me up with a friend of his. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> you had a little bit of Canadian in you. Yeah, no, and no. Yeah, 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 no. That's yeah, very no. Canadian. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. It's very Canadian. We talk like that all the time. It confuses tourists, but anyways. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I was, you know, convinced to go out and, and I was like, yeah, all right. I haven't met your new girlfriend yet. So I'll do that. We'll just go out and have a good time. I could use to get out of the house and, and all of that. And, and, um, so meanwhile, he's like trying to do the same thing on the opposite side. And the same thing was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Um, but we ended up all going out and having a great time hitting it off. And then so meeting up with this person, I, I developed this friendship with this person and, and then a, and a relationship with this person. And it was that person who is now my boyfriend <laughs> um, had an, a near death experience at the same time. Oh, okay. So when yeah. I was going in yeah. and out and in and out, right? That was he said, "You saved my life." Like, you know, he was like, somebody was helping me get back, mm -hmm. and um, the whole story has to be put together and right. like really put together. But there's so much stuff that there's mm. so many synchronicities along the way. And he also has had the same visions about the past life that I never said to him. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, um, a past life thing. It sounds like your your souls have connected. You're part of the yeah. same soul circle. More yeah, twin flame-like than anything. Yeah. It was so weird because in our conversations because we have these long deep conversations and and just talk about all kinds of stuff and we were we were talking about different things where we were at certain times and you know places and where we worked and we have crossed paths or been at same events in the same like close sections of each other that we probably have have walked by each other who knows how many times, right. but like we counted, there had to have been at least a dozen times. And then we worked right near each other for a period of time as well. And went to eat at the same places for lunch and stuff like that, that we had to have, but neither one of us 
has any memory or any connected maybe thought. it was from the other dimension that you started maybe out it in was. you know which is why your memories are so scattered maybe and it's just it's such a cool thing because there's so much stuff that just keeps unfolding well and i don't believe in coincidence i always say it i believe i'm a big believer in synchronicities yeah and it sounds like you go through a lot of that you know so do you want may I, do you want to do the station ID early and then we'll take we'll we'll go from the the next the next yeah that is so okay. funny because I don't I want to interrupt once we get started yeah yeah no okay. problem we'll do Let's that do right it. now yeah absolutely let me just remember where I am <laughs> I'm not used to being on this early just imagining you in Amelia yeah. I'm I'm I can only I can only focus on one at a time I'm too scattered for that sorry uh you are listening to the outer realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans on 105.3 and 107.7 FM radio as well as the Roku channel our special guest tonight and first time and probably won't be the last is Nicole Magic and she's discussing all the experience throughout her life, especially the big NDE and how her life changed from there. So we're talking about empowerment and high strangeness and a little bit of ET in there too. If you're just tuning in, no worries. You can stream our archives on any platform that you normally use. Remember to click like and subscribe and share with your friends so you never miss an episode. Just start by searching United Public Radio and then The Outer Realm with Michelle and Amelia and you'll find us right there. Tonight and every night, we have to give thanks to the wonderful people at Folgers Coffee your continued support from day one and heading into our 400th episode because of you. Thank you so much. We deeply appreciate you. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Our fabulous banner and promo media is thank you to Steve McGinnis. He's a horror illustrator. He's a fantastic artist, not only horror, but he creates commissioned pieces as well. And you can find him on social media, Facebook, Instagram, you know, the drill. Loving our intro and outro. We get the outro out there when we can. Sometimes we go right to the end of the show with our guests, but you can listen to it on Dr. Snick, the, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award-winning composer, vocalist, and musician. You can find his music on Amazon, Amazon rather, sorry, and Bandcamp. Stream on any platform. Find him on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, he drops the clips, the little videos that go with the music. They're so cool. He is so artistic. Um, you can even, and I say this every time because I want to make sure people are finding him in your stories. You can search Dr. Snick and use his music when you're creating your stories on social media. So if you're watching us right now through Facebook on any of our group pages or on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and give us a like help us expand our audience there we're very large audio we would love your assistance with youtube thank you so much and Don't for those of you listening on fm and all of our audio servers please go check us out on any of our audio archives so yeah. thank you thank you all right so where do you want to take us from here You've gone through all of this. You now seem to have found your life partner. So where does Nicole go after this? Wherever Nicole wants to go, I guess. 
Well, obviously you've decided to put this through in helping other people. You've, yeah. you've had this epiphany of these downloads. It's like, we've slapped you where you need to be. Now you've got to do something majestic with it. Yes. And I, I, <laughs> I utilize a lot of the experiences that I have, the intuitive gifts that I have as well. And uh, my science background and NLP neuro-linguistic programming and and all of these different techniques and experiences and gifts and i put them all together into the alchemy of transformation which is basically my my program that i help people go from resistance to resilience by overcoming their limiting beliefs and turning them into positive ones that work for them exponentially instead of being self-sabotaging with those negative limiting beliefs mm. and really stepping into that space because a lot of people when they teach whether it's manifestation or um mental toughness or mental strength or mindset work there's a lot of talk around it versus bringing you through the experience so that you experience it at the different phases and the different levels that you can experience it at, which actually makes it work. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when people say, here's an affirmation, this affirmation, it's going to their mind, it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Well, it's only going to change your life if you have beliefs that support it. Mm -hmm. And it supports those beliefs. Because Whatever beliefs that you have are the beliefs that you have. And an affirmation isn't going to change your belief, but an affirmation is going to amplify your belief, whether you believe that affirmation or not. So if you don't truly believe that affirmation and say, oh, I deserve success. If you think that you're lesser than and you don't deserve success, you're only going to reaffirm that you don't deserve success. Mm -hmm. That's so. because of conditioning. It's hard to get into manifestation and changing your mindset when you've been conditioned your whole life to be a certain way, right? Or right. you know, circumstances or just academics, whatever the case may be. Well, right. People are conditioned even in adulthood because you find that in prisoners, ex-convicts, when they come out, are so conditioned to be told to sit, to stand, mm -hmm. how they sit, how long they sit, yes or no, sir. And they continue that way because they're stuck in that even years later. But yeah. I think also the big one is thoughts. It's not just what you're speaking, but your thoughts will create you. And your thoughts are what forms what you're speaking. Mm -hmm. So you think something and then you speak it and now you're creating it. Yeah. Because that's, that's exactly like, it's spell it. Casting, right? Yeah. Spelling, it's spell everything casting. is energy, vibration, and frequency. Yeah. Exactly. So 100% vibration <laughs> frequency. Thank you. Thank yes. you. We're and thank you, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> no, it's true. Okay, Somebody guessed it. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly it. And that's what I bring into what I practice and how I work with my clients because, because everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. We cannot cookie cutter your beliefs either. So, yeah. We could have 50 or 100 or 2,000 people in a room who all have a some belief related to I am not worthy, 
And every single person is going to have their own vibrational flavor of that. So mm -hmm. that's what I help people do. In order to get rid of it permanently, you've got to hone in on what that vibration is. Because and ask any of my clients, my clients will sit there and will work on it. And then I peel back the layers and I'm asking them questions so I can find out what their subconscious is actually saying. It's like an onion, right? It's just yeah, to it is. The middle, right. Yeah. And, and it's funny, some of the things that we say when you're asked a question, you're like, why did I say that? It's like, that's because it goes back to the things that you believe. So right. it's super interesting. And I love doing the work because I'll say something sometimes and say, oh, where did that come from? I've got some work to do right there <laughs> because that was weird. Right. <laughs> and when we look at it and we find and hone in on that vibrational frequency of the negative limiting belief, it feels like putrid stuff in your stomach. Mm. So it does. It feels like a punch in the gut. Yeah. Um, we'll get really close and it'll be like, yeah, that that's it. That's it. And I say, no, that's not exactly it. And then I'll tweak some things and then I'll say, okay, here, say this. And then they'll say it and they'll be like, oh, yeah. That's, that's really it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, you deep. can see right. it, and you, it. I'm like, what does it feel like? Where is it? And and all of that stuff. And then when we change it, it's the most beautiful thing going from this thing that sits like a lead putrefied block of nasty and then turn it into something that's most beautiful. And then, you know, they come back to me 24 hours, 48 hours a week later and be like, you are never going to believe what happened. And I'll be like, hit me, let's have it, <laughs> you know, because that's how the magic happens. You turn it around and it's permanently removed all that assigned meaning that you gave something before you mm -hmm. understand why you did it. And now it's meaningless because right. it's what you're creating now. Right. Right. Yeah. Love that's, it. Yeah. I, and I think that's the, you know, half the battle is believing it and believing in yourself to be able to do it. Changing mindset is really, really hard because it's it's like I always, you know, I remember going to a chiropractor, for example, a chiropractor saying, look, your body is conditioned. It feels comfortable in this position. I have to straighten it out. It will keep kicking back, but it will slowly start feeling better as, you know, you're, you're feeling upright, you know, as you're doing what it's supposed to do. And it takes a period of time. So changing mindset you know, to me is similar. You have to keep reinforcing and reaffirming. And after a while, you're just, it becomes like a second nature. Do you find that when you're working with people, it's really hard to get them to just stick to what you're trying to show them? Or do they just kind of fall into it? I have, with my system, I have a, a unique way of tackling things from multiple angles at the same time. So it, it happens much more rapidly than doing it that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people will try to change a behavior. The whole chiropractor thing, 
yes, there there is a certain element of that. So yeah, there are different phases that I'll teach people about that this is what you can expect. So it feels right. natural. Right. Because you have to build an awareness of mm -hmm. when you're doing something to be able to change it while we're working on what are the beliefs that are causing certain things. So I start with the biggest, baddest belief that you have. So I work towards giving you an assessment, like going through a whole mind map and discovery process and uncover where the blind spots are. Then I take the biggest one and say, okay, we're going to tackle this knowing that we have these sprinkles of these other ones there. So then I look at those other ones. And while we're honing in on to remove the big one, here are some things that are going to happen with these smaller ones and how to build the awareness around that. Because we don't wave a magic wand and poof, everybody's perfect, right? It's a process. So as we're tackling it from multiple angles, it makes this work super rapid. My clients have, I've had somebody come to me and just my empower package say, Hey, I can't believe this, this one session out of this thing. I am now, what did she say? In one week, I've done more than I have in the last year and a half or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think you it's know? because she was ready yeah. to follow your guidance. Yes. You know, and I say that a ready. lot. When you're ready, you're ready. And when you're yeah. not, you're just not. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's honest and true. <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah. ready, it can happen super fast. And, but not in the way that you're going to feel overwhelmed. It's actually going to take away the overwhelm that you feel. Right. And that's where people trick themselves. They think, oh my God, my life is going to change so much and it's going to be even harder. No, that's what your limiting belief wants you to think because you're afraid of what is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But if you're aligning yourself, <laughs> everything gets easier. That's the, the, that's the key, though. The words, the wording. Yes. The minute you put work instead of alignment, it changes the perspective and it slows them down, I feel. Exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. conditioned to believe work is like, ugh, right? So, Four-letter yeah. word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You that's hard. When you, as yeah. soon as you throw the word work in there... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I have to work yeah. for this. I mean, I well, like, I wish Byron Katie would change that. The work, I'm like, stop it. It's the yeah. journey would be nice. <laughs> it is a journey. You know? Yeah, there, there is a commitment. There definitely is a commitment. It's a commitment to yourself and a commitment to awareness and, and learning more about yourself at a deeper level. Because once you learn more about yourself at deep levels, you understand why everybody else is the way that they are and the stuff that somebody says or does or whatever mm. doesn't affect you anymore. You're not afraid of people's judgment when you know who you are. Yeah. Right. And you can right. get to that before yeah. you hit 60. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we do that with age, but wouldn't it be nice to have that in your youth so you can live fuller, you know, not to care? Yes. That's why I love doing some of these after school programs with kids because there's a lot of empowerment to it. And 
bringing these kids into a space where they can fully be empowered and and really tap into that stuff at a young age what an experience that is when when kids start to get it and they get mm -hmm. it pretty fast right right that's really the best place to start because they're little sponges and and they're just very easy to to mold as well to get them to yeah. accept yeah. The change. I mean, adults, you're so set in your ways. It's really difficult for some people to to accept that change, especially if it does require practice and attention. And, you know, some people find it very hard to work on themselves. Yeah, because they don't know themselves. And I think some are afraid to find out something about themselves that they don't want to see. But right, there's no judgment here. So you're making them face the fears, face the things they don't like about themselves is essentially what you're doing. And it's and, not scary though. <laughs> yeah. It does. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> so. It's not that scary. It's yeah. more of um when I when I take them through, we have a conversation. It feels more like a conversation. And then I, I show them a few things that do you realize that this is connected to that and that what you say here actually has this effect over here. And it's mm -hmm. more of an enlightening because a lot of people will sit there and they'll, Oh my God, I, I never connected that before, but that makes so much sense. Right. So I, people walk away very excited and, and uplifted mm -hmm. knowing, Oh my God, I didn't put those two and two together because right. they didn't make any sense. And they don't because if you look at them separately, they're very disconnected. But if you look at them with the sequence of how things have happened and the beliefs that they have. So that's what I'm looking for when I'm doing the mind map with them is these little like domino effect things that this goes to this, this goes to this. And then now we're here. Oh, right. right. So you're connecting some dots that they probably didn't even know they had. It brings tremendous amounts of clarity. And with that clarity, we can then define what they actually want and then align it. And once we start aligning it, we know how to create the action plan that they need. So that those are the steps that I bring people through. Right. Cool. So go ahead, Amelia. No, I said cool. Oh. <laughs> so what happens if somebody's got some really, you know, deep rooted things that they just can't sort through? Because, you know, it's it's almost like going through hypnosis, like through a past life regression or an alien abduction contactee thing. They say like, well, once you open that door, you may not like what you see. You know, it's like a, like a double-edged sword. So once you're opening that door, have you come across somebody who's just cannot do it? They're just, they don't want to face anything. Can you still work with somebody like that? I would say... Uh... In thinking, in thinking through people that I work with, um, I'm looking for people who are ready to go. So I have, I have ways to figure out: Are you ready for this? Right. And then, um, once I understand that they are ready, because some people they there's this little pendulum that some people swing on and. They hit a spot where they're uncomfortable 
and in a negative way. So maybe it's finances. That's an easy one to, to pick on is you hit, you hit a space. Um, finances are tight. You're getting upset and, and frustrated and scarcity mode and, and all of that. And you want to change something. And then you start to take steps towards changing something. And then things shift a little bit. And maybe some things happen. You get a little bit more comfortable. And then you say, oh, no, I'm fine. And then, right. you know, I don't really need that help And until we swing back again and you're in that space. So there is that, you know, almost that victim villain hero mode that people tend to mm, right. swirl around in. They're not ready yet. Right. Um, you start to do a little bit of the work. So here's where you open the door. You start to do a little bit of work and then you start seeing that things are happening. Things are shifting. And right. most people do a lot of the conscious work and that's where they start because that's, mm -hmm. That's how you can shift. You're doing a lot of the conscious work. And then you get to the point where, oh, yeah, I got this and I'm doing this and I'm doing great. And, and then all of a sudden you get to this either a plateau or you hit a wall and you're sitting there going, oh, my God, why is this? Why is this coming back up again and again and again and again? Right. And that's because it's so subconscious. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what those blind spots are because mm. it's so deep rooted. And then, yes, once you're you're ready because you're like, okay, I can't figure this thing out. You're not meant to figure it out because it's so subconscious that you can't do conscious work on the subconscious when you need to let yourself your subconscious talk, mm -hmm. you can't analyze it. I don't even do that. I'll uncover mm -hmm. something. And then I go to one of my friends, one of one of people that I work with and say, okay, this is what I uncovered. You do your magic. I'm going to do mine. We're going to go deep dive. And whether it's a conversation or it's intuitive massage work or body work or whatever it is, mm -hmm. it gets done. Right. And so I don't linger there. Right. When you start doing that work, it is that door. It opens it up and you get more and more curious. It becomes easier and easier to do. Mm -hmm. And it's actually when something negative happens, you actually kind of chuckle about it and be like, okay, mm. we're taking care of this right now. I got it. Right. <laughs> right? right. I know what's happening. So right. you understand yeah. the process and you stay right. in the flow. It's how you speak to yourself. Yeah. It's like being fit. It's it's really hard to get there, but once you're there, it's easier to stay there. And it's easy to get yeah. there if you just change your mind. Yeah. Right. It takes a little bit. It takes a little bit of effort. I won't use the yeah. W word, but yeah, <laughs> it definitely takes effort. Commitment. Yeah. <laughs> use that word. Perspective, so commitment, and you, I, I feel like, yes, thank you. I feel like you need to put yourself first. And we're so conditioned to believe that it's selfish as mothers, as women to put ourselves first is very frowned upon. Yeah. But if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of our families and our loved ones. Mm -hmm. Yep. So how hard is manifesting your own reality coming from somebody who comes from a different reality? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, I'm not calling anybody out or anything. <laughs> so. um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
That's a loaded question because it's as hard as you make it. Really. Oh, right. It's right. as hard as you make it. If you sit there and you ruminate, how quickly can you get out of a negative thought process? Mm -hmm. Because um, I'll say this. If I go through an emotional space, mm -hmm. uh, if an emotional rise comes up, I can move through it super fast because mm -hmm. our emotions, especially negative ones, right? Our negative emotions, we should be able to move through and process through our emotions in 90 seconds or less. Let that one sink in. So even like sadness and, and all of that, stuff, if something happens, a lot of people, people will go in a room and cry for hours. Mm. 90 seconds or less. And it actually looks a little weird when you get to that place. Um, I've consciously observed myself go through deep sadness, emotion mm. in less than a minute. Hmm. And it almost looks like, it almost looks like when, um, when you watch a kid with crocodile tears, if anybody knows that, that yes. saying, right. you know, you know, there's some yeah. adults with crocodile tears. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you get like a lone tear or two. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're good. And it's not stuffing it down. It's actually processing it all the way through. Picking yourself back up. Right. Yeah. It's it happens super fast. Even very strong positive emotions too because if if you think about really negative emotions and then on the opposite spectrum it's really positive. So it's you put those two together it's manic and depressive. Mm -hmm. Right? We're really meant to stay in that center space. Right. Of and that being in that space helps you to navigate life in that space continuously. Mm -hmm. So you have a good head on your shoulders, good focus, good flow, and you're not swinging on that pendulum from, yeah, this is great, woo, to, oh my God, this sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah. If With you whiplash. stay in the middle, everything is awesome. <laughs> right. Right. All of the time. Right. And everything is good and everything will be good and everything's going to be okay because everything already is okay. Mm -hmm. If you understand what it's all about. So how easy is it to manifest? Get in that space and watch how easy it is to manifest. If you dwell right. on all the BS, guess what? You're going to pile more of that on. And then when you have the woo swing into the pendulum up there, you're going to get hit with the opposite end. So why not stay somewhere in the middle? And, that's and watch what, how you project, you know, because what you project out, you attract. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is all what it's about. Your beliefs are your beliefs. And then your beliefs have these little trigger moments where um, something happens and then you have a thought and a feeling. That thought and the feeling are the medi mediators between the belief and your behavior. So depending on how strong that emotional sensation mm -hmm. is, depends mm -hmm. on how strong you're going to think about something. And that depends on what 
erratic behavior possibly, or, right. you know, how strong that behavior is going to be. Right. right. Which brings the outcomes. Right. So really check what your, what mm -hmm. your emotion is and what your thought is. Right. This is a comment from Alex, which is Alex a says, problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to be self-deprecating. That's a problem for people's advancement. Absolutely. 80% <clears throat> yeah. of the people are self-deprecating. That's yeah. why when you see people really high on top, people who are trying to achieve that, but are not moving forward will say, Oh, they're so lucky. There is nothing. There's <laughs> for me, there's no such thing as luck. It's about drive and getting there. Mm. Yep. There's no, no such thing as luck. There's synchronicity. Yeah, there There's should be nothing stopping you to be what you want to be. You're creating exactly what you believe. Yeah. Always. Right, mm -hmm. right. It's like people, my girlfriends who date the same guy over and over. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're you're creating this. You're telling yourself you're not worthy of more than this. And that's why there's problems. Right. It's true. You beat yourself yeah. up and you end up in worse situations of people who completely don't jive with your frequency and you don't know mm -hmm. enough to go in and attract a better frequency or connect with people who are on your same level because you have to be. That's how things I, work. Yeah. Oh, I have know. a great method for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you, everybody, your links in the in in the comments here. So mm -hmm. I put it across all the platforms. And it's super funny when when I go through that method with people because they think that they're that I'll ask for you know write write certain things out. And then when I read them, I say you realize you you are asking for a crazy person, right? <laughs> like you are asking for some, you're asking for a narcissist over here. Create a vision board and look what you're looking at. My daughter is 26 and she still creates vision boards, you know, and she's got two which, which businesses me under brilliant. her belt. Yeah, yeah she's right. always done it and she still does. Mm. Although the Leonardo DiCaprio thing ain't going to happen. but <laughs> And I'm glad, although she she's too old for him now because she's 26. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think that's very important. I actually forced her to read The Secret when she was about 15, 16. And she's followed that, oh, you know. Nice. And at 21, she was the youngest PR athlete agent in the industry. So it's important. It yes. really does. It really changes. You know, if, if you're out there and you're listening, take a look at Nicole's website. This could be the synchronicity, the sign that you need to better your life and always tell yourself I am worthy of so much more. You know, there's nothing you can't do. hundred percent. Yeah. So, or my dad's favorite. Why not? Why not? <laughs> my why father not? would always say, why not? Why can't you? Why not? If I say, I can't do that. Why not? You know, how great but, can it get? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So before we, 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 you know, get to the last um, bit, what have you taken away from all of this? What's the thing that sticks with you the most? Would you, is there anything you would change or, you know, what's the thing? I, well, I'm going to say I wouldn't want to change anything because all of where I'm at, I love where I am and I love where I'm going, wherever that is. Beautiful. Beautiful. Because I get to choose all those steps along the way. Right. And I've met some awesome, amazing people yourselves included Thank you. and just Thank you. the Likewise. people 
what you're doing and our connection here and getting certain messages out to people, it connects with the right people. Those people end up connecting with me. And then, you know, through other podcasts that the same thing has happened. It's, I have met some absolutely amazing people that have been in some great places, some really mm -hmm. weird places, some really <laughs> not so great places. And even, even one session has been a change in their life that I've received message after message, after message, after message and email and email and, and right. all these little things saying how much their lives have changed just from a, a, a small tweak, a, a right. technique, um, a little of this and a little of that. And just, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit of magic. It's yeah. a wild ride, isn't it? You want to it get is. to that point in life where you have no regrets because you know that everything happened for a reason and you're grateful for even the bad things and you should thank those people out yeah, loud in your own Gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. The, the regrets are all about the past. That's all done. There, yeah. Can't that's change a waste it. of time to, to regret. And mm. then worrying is all about the future. So if you That's get true. to create that future, what is there to worry about? Mm -hmm. If you live presently in that, in each moment and you consciously decide what you are going to do next, mm -hmm. you are always going to create something in alignment with what you, what you want, what you believe. So if you are being present and making aligned decisions, so that's the key. If you are present and you make aligned decisions for who you are and where you want to go, you will always be creating something positive. And in order to do that, you have to be a participant in your own life. There's, there's yes. something to say for that five-year plan doesn't have to be five years, but the whole process of it, there's a right. reason why people do it and they're successful. Yeah. They're, so they're choosing. Why don't you chime off your website for the audio audience? And uh, I, we've all the links have are on all of the chat rooms, and of course, all the show descriptions have all of your links. Okay, so thanks. It's all in there. Yes. Yeah, so, but for the audio listeners, what do you have coming up? You know, what do you want to promote and get your website out, please? Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Pleasure. Everybody out there, you can find me at, it's just like my last name, Magic, M-A-J-I-K. So it's www.magicllc.com. Or you can find my marketplace at nicolemagic.com. And uh, you could always email me. And again, it's magic at magicllc.com. So uh, if you take my beliefs quiz, that's a great place to start is to, cause you'll get emails that kind of unlock uh, each belief that I go over in that quiz so that it, you can help to start transitioning and you can set up a little free discovery call with me. If you like, um, we could, I can show you some value and what direction to go. If you're not sure what, where you should turn or what options you have for yourself. That's really it. I love it. I love it. It was such a pleasure having you on. And oh, thank, thank you so much for hanging out with us this evening. And I hope you have a terrific upcoming holiday and an awesome, prosperous, 
productive new year. Try to stay in this time time zone. Or try to stay in this <laughs> I can't make but if you happen to skip out, you have to skip out. Contact us. Yeah, <laughs> find a we'll way. We'll help Nicole. you back in. Find a way. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be. I'll be like yeah. Michelle. We'll help you back in. <laughs> I'll knock over your alien. Exactly. Well, don't do that. I made that. <laughs> I, I realize you're actually an hour ahead of us too, aren't you? Because when I sent you the email, oh I forgot to put God. Eastern. <laughs> been one of those days. <laughs> oh wow! Day. It's that, midnight that for you. It's already Friday for her. Happy Friday! Yeah. Lucky you, you're already yeah. there. One, one more hour. One yeah. more hour. There we go. So thank you, and I will be in thank touch you. with links and so on. All right. Thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Thank <laughs> you. So much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. <laughs> well, guys, the end of another fantastic segment, as promised. We delivered an amazing guest. So really, really happy to have her join us for the very first time. Nicole Magic, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thank you to everybody in the chat room. You guys make it so much more exciting. Didn't get uh, to a lot of comments and such, but uh, the guests can see them and are always welcome you know, to jump off anytime and, and comment. Her links are in the chat room. Uh, link to the website. So please check it out if you do want to contact her and drop her line, get more information, that sort of thing. So big thank you to her. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring the show. Big thank you to Justice Snicker, aka Dr. Snick, the Sonic Surgeon. Big thank you to Steve McGinnis. And coming up next week, see, I can say it now, next week is <laughs> where I'm supposed to be in my mind. <laughs> So we have another uh, first-time guest, and that is James Shubsky. He, I love this. I can't even wait for this. I love his name. He's a former volunteer search and rescue EMT wildland firefighter and mountain guide, and will be discussing the wide array of paranormal activity in the Columbia River Gorge, including the kitty cat, ape cat, Click clack, click click clickety clack. Oh my oh god, my god. I can't even say it. Yeah, she wants chocolate. <laughs> um, Sasquatch, UFOs, portals, and small humanoids. This place has it all, and he's definitely going to be sharing it with us. Now, Thursday night, we welcome the return of our friend Daryl Walsh, who's going to be discussing Victorian Christmas traditions and so on. But here's the best part: he's going to do some Victorian. Christmas storytelling. So we're going to take a step back in time and we are going to have a whole boatload of laid back fun and do it like they used to do it. Maybe a Krampus or two. Oh, right? <laughs> he can be kind of Krampusy, I think, but that's why we love him. So everybody have a fantastic weekend and we shall see you all next week. Behave, be safe out there. People are getting crazy just before Christmas. So be careful. Good night. See you next week. <laughs>